Uh, welcome to Fire and Security Chat, brought to you by Course in Fire and Security, where we talk about the technology and equipment used to protect and secure life and property. I'm your host, Aaron Whitaker, and today I'm with LeVar Patterson, Security Sales Engineer at Course in Fire and Security. On today's episode, I'll be talking to LeVar about uh, security camera types and technology. LeVar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's uh, let's dive in. The first question I kind of have is, uh, what are the, I guess, the typical types of security cameras that one might see in a business or commercial facility? Uh, basically, you should, at this point, see uh, an IP camera um, as compared to in the past. Uh, there used to be IP and analog. Mm-hmm. We do essentially think that analog has essentially phased out, even with the advent of the HD analog series of cameras, mm-hmm. they seem to be more or less like a, more like a niche type of selection or offering. So as a, as a whole, in that particular line of say IP cameras, you'll see various forms, whether they're bullets, fixed domes, bare focal domes, um, high-speed domes, I should say as well. What is a high-speed dome? We'll be talking about a PTZ. Basically, okay. pan tilt zoom camera. Okay. That's what that would refer to. Okay. Other than that, uh, you maybe even see, uh, not even realize you're looking at maybe even a covert camera when you walk inside of a bank mm-hmm. or something like that because they have cameras set up everywhere inside of a bank. Covert meaning uh, kind of hidden. Exactly. Part hidden, of the spot. Well, well, hidden in plain sight. Right. You know, so you might have maybe like a height strip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that measurement where you're just seeing how tall you are. Yeah. You When you walk up to that, you have a camera that gets a very good image, very clear image of mm-hmm. your face. Okay. Clocks on the wall, they have cameras inside of them as well. Oh. So, so yeah, a lot of various, um, you know, uh, objects can, can contain cameras. Smoke detectors, uh, motion detectors uh, may have security cameras mm-hmm. integrated in them as well, so. Okay. When you talk about IP and analog, going back to that, what is what is IP and what is analog? Well, okay, well, we were basically talking about the method of transmission of the video image to a recorder, okay. basically. IP cameras obviously communicate over uh, the network, uh, whether okay. it's you know the customer's network or in some instances, we, we can even set up a private network where we just have the security cameras only Mm-hmm. So we can separate the network traffic from the customer's network. An analog camera is basically just run hard-coded from the camera to the recorder. Okay. That was pretty much the standard for mm-hmm. CCTV for a very long time, obviously until the advent of IP cameras. And with the advent of IP cameras, you had um, a lot more features available. Also, with IP cameras that involve the IT departments mm-hmm. in, in, uh, of customer sites now. So IT departments were able to budget, use part of their budget, I should say, to actually include CCTV mm-hmm. since they were a part of the network now, basically. Okay. So, Do they, uh, the transmission signal, is it, the, is it, are they both analog and it's just converted to digital or is it different? No, an IP camera is digital. It is completely Yeah, it is completely digital. digital. Uh, mm-hmm. Analog as compared to that would be the, the opposite yeah. of that. So. Okay. Okay. The bullet cameras, those are the, I guess, the long kind of looking. 
yeah, cameras more, that you tend to see, I guess, I see them outside usually. Is that right? Right. Yeah. They're just we were just talking about, like you said, the the form factor. Basically, mm-hmm. they are more typically used in an outdoor application. Your PTZs can be obviously be indoor or outdoor. Mm-hmm. One camera form that I didn't mention is the turret. Okay. So um, we as an offering, we we would only sell bullets and turrets for outdoor use. Okay. Domes, just the fixed domes, mm-hmm. often. In an outdoor application, the IR illuminators actually can reflect back on the dome, and then the image can either be, you know, uh, distorted, okay. or it picks or up washed every, out. Or... It, it, it basically also well that, and it also picks up any imperfection that may be on the dome, oh, whether okay. there's a you know, water spots, dust, any, anything like that. So, fixed domes you usually see only should only see only indoor. Okay, so. With the the bullet and the turret, is uh, are those uh, just uh, longer lenses, or I mean, why are they? I guess so long. Or? Well, that's just the form factor. Okay. The the turret actually is similar mm-hmm. to a dome. You just don't have the the same housing. Okay. I, I guess a little hard to explain. I, I probably would be better showing you. Right. Right. Um, Maybe video. Actually, yeah. Yeah. As opposed so, to a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. But okay. um, but yeah, they actually work a lot better in an outdoor set. So. Okay. The next question, I think we kind of answered this, was are there any types that are kind of becoming outdated or replaced with better types or newer, different stuff? Yeah, I think uh, analog cameras, they, they held on for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if people just were slow to adopt mm-hmm. the, the network cameras. It was, it was almost like... <laughs> It was almost like they didn't want to let go, yeah. um, and it was, it was almost like they were. They finally came to the realization that IP cameras offer, you know, just much more in terms of, uh, you know, analytic capabilities, uh, maintenance. You could basically, you know, an IP camera plugged into a, a PoE switch. Uh, if you needed to reset that camera, all you have to do is just log into the switch. Um, enable, disable the port and enable the port and then the camera's reset okay. and possibly back online working and again. PoE means power? Power over Ethernet. Okay. Power over Ethernet. IP cameras for their power source, which makes this, you know, excellent as well. Mm-hmm. We just run either a Cat5 or Cat6 cable okay. to a power, power over Ethernet switch, mm-hmm. standalone switch, or we even have uh, recorders that have uh, PoE switches integrated. And them as well, so that's an option available. I think you know you're talking about the people held on to analog. It it could have been where how they grew up, you know, yeah. with the uh, the beta VHS wars, yeah, and even CDs and HD. You know, I mean, yeah. there's those uh, format wars that happened kind of the '80s and '90s, and you know, it's kind of that generation of uh, I don't want to be that early adopter and have something <laughs> that doesn't, you know, isn't yeah. accepted five years from now and have to redo true. it all. Yeah. True, true. I mean, it, it could be. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and people obviously uh, are most often slow to accept change, you know, but um, like you said, once it's established itself, mm-hmm. then obviously more and more people are coming on board. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's also the uh, idea of if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, you know, if those analog stuff is starting to break now. And, <laughs> but, but, but in that, the customer's requests were 
actually kind of leading into IPO. So, I mean, you know, their, their demands and their, uh, I guess, their requests for increases in resolution mm-hmm. or being able to see my, my house from, you know, the other side of the planet, yeah. that actually eventually would have led them anyway to that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yep. Okay. So what are some of the newer security camera types in the market today? Um, I mean, it's they're all IP, but... I guess the formats are... Well, just availability-wise, um, analytics are um, obviously becoming more popular. And I'm referring to um, things like the cameras are becoming smarter, maybe like object detection in the mm-hmm. scene. The camera's able to say, hey, I'm studying this scene for this amount of time, and I'm noticing that this object just got here recently. Mm-hmm. So they're becoming smarter in that fact. Thermal is a um is not a new technology i mean it's it's been around and used by the the, the military for for decades mm-hmm. but in the consumer market it's becoming more and more uh, readily available and more affordable if i'm not mistaken you can possibly get a a, a thermal bullet for or a thermal uh, turret i'm sorry mm-hmm. for roughly maybe, maybe a little bit less than a grand okay. um, so which is actually excellent now, uh, let's kind of talk about thermal. Okay. Um, and before we talk about that, I want to throw out another term that I hear is infrared. What's infra, what is infrared and what is thermal? And infrared seems like it's been around the consumer base or the longer. I'm more familiar with that than okay. thermal. So what are the kind of the differences? In- so uh, when we're referring to infrared, we can actually be referring to two separate things. Okay, so there's uh, infrared or radiated uh, energy, basically, mm-hmm. um, that exists that is not visible to the human eye, per se. Okay. Cameras can pick these up, pick, okay. pick these, can actually see in these ranges. The cameras that we're usually familiar with using are also referred to as what visible light cameras mm-hmm. so yeah. they're able to also pick up the invisible radiated energy in the um, what we call the near infrared mm-hmm. field of, okay. of radiated energy that will be the standard say ip camera that we just you know we would have just mm-hmm. um you know inside the house or outside so that's more is that for more for low light infrared ir or well is that different? <laughs> well, that's that's that, that's a little bit. Well, it, it can be integrated. So the cameras, okay. the cameras now are becoming smarter. So they're able mm-hmm. to, they're able to actually enhance that available light source, mm-hmm. the invisible light. And I keep saying invisible light. I mean, but there actually is a lot of, you know, radiated radiated energy that's mm-hmm. able to be seen by the camera and and actually enhance the scene that you don't see with the. Human yeah, eye. yeah, exactly. So the the problem in the past has been before the, I guess you could say the advent of the low light camera. Mm-hmm. Once the scene got to a certain light level at mm-hmm. night, it would automatically switch from color over to black and white or grayscale. Okay. So um, in that, of course, you're able to you know see for the most part, mm-hmm. but you you you're missing those details that come from the color image, obviously. Right. There's a drop in quality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When you're talking about like an ultra low light camera, 
it's able to enhance that level of even once it gets down to that that former same level of darkness mm-hmm. and still display color so you, you don't lose the details basically okay. so does that make sense mm-hmm. okay so now let's jump uh, over to thermal okay and what is uh, what is thermal picking up what is it looking at and yeah, I guess that's the what, start. What thermal's picking up radiated energy in that infrared spectrum as well. Mm-hmm. It's blocking the the near and the medium radiation, okay. and it's, it's more honed in the long radiation field. This is all, like we said before, this is invisible mm-hmm. uh, to the human eye. But it blocks that out, and it's able to detect that in any type of weather condition at all. So rain, mm-hmm. snow... Uh, smoke, Fog, yeah, yeah it, it can see through all that basically. So often, very good to use in uh, like perimeter detection. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's used on like border protection, you know, okay. uh, maritime uh, applications as well. So, and it's another way to look at it is is it looking at heat? Basically, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's the radiated energy. Yeah. That's okay. that's that's basically what that is. Okay, so. Um, it thermal cannot obviously uh, it, it, it doesn't use the same type of uh, image sensor or lens that you know a standard camera would, mm-hmm. but it can't see through plastic basically or or glass. So, mm-hmm. so if you were to look at a, a thermal image of yourself right now, if I had a camera on you, mm-hmm. I'd be able to detect your heat signature, but I, I you know I wouldn't be able to see through your glasses basically. Oh, okay. So, it will not pass through that. Pass okay. light through that. So, so uh, like someone, if they were driving in a car on the border or whatever, you wouldn't be able to see into the. No, um, you you would you would be able, be able to see the car, yeah, the engine heat. Yeah, yeah. If the windows were up, you wouldn't be able to actually see inside of that. So for that application, to your point, they they do have cameras in the same housing mm-hmm. that have both a standard lens and then the thermal lens. Okay. So a dual. That's a bispectral, basically. So, okay. Um, so in an application like that, that will be excellent if you wanted the added details yeah. of that scene. So, okay. Uh, what are some of you know we talked about like the border and you know uh, perimeter uh, for thermal. What are some other uses? I've I've heard that it can also be used to kind of detect an increase in heat. Oh yeah. Uh, in uh, yeah that, generators and yeah most definitely. Um, Couple of applications I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, there was um, a sales rep that mentioned they had a, a pallet fire at a ceramics uh, mm-hmm. warehouse, and a thermal camera, you know, pointed directly on that pallet, set up to notify someone if there was a rise in temperature or a fire, mm-hmm. even detect fire as well. Possibly could have prevented the amount of damage that occurred. I think they mm-hmm. ended up. They didn't realize for maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 minutes and um, cost like $150,000 worth of damage. Mm-hmm. IT rooms also, uh, because um, IT, people, IT personnel are always concerned with uh, the temperature of the switches. Yep. I mean, if the switches go down, that's bad. Yep. So um, you actually can set up a thermal camera to monitor the switch levels and um, actually notify based on spikes or thresholds, basically. Okay. So, and I mean, those are just extreme temperatures for the equipment, not 
to the point where they would even cause any uh, smoke. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's nothing a smoke detectors or anything else would normally right. catch. You're almost hopefully catching it exactly before that happens. Exactly. Cool. I also, uh, you know, I've kind of said in a couple of thermal stuff uh, classes, and they talked about the high school football fields. Uh-huh. Um, you know that they put so much money into those fields, and it's pretty easy if you just have regular cameras. And, you know, no security guards that kids can sneak on there and yeah. you know, tear it up or yeah. vandalize it, yeah. uh, you know, with the smart cameras and the the thermal, you can, you know, kind of have a nice perimeter. Yeah, you can uh, you can set up a, a zone if, if anything enters this zone, sends a notification via email or even you can even tie it to a security system and actually trigger an alarm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that application as well. Would be beneficial for that. Can the thermals do they kind of have a, a longer range than the typical well, cameras? Or? Yeah, they're uh, well, they, they're usually sold most often when, you, when you're talking thermal. I'll say on average, you'd be looking at maybe like an eight millimeter lens type. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't need as much, we don't need as, as high a resolution with a thermal camera mm-hmm. as we was compared to, uh, you know, what we would call a regular visible light camera. Mm-hmm. And that's because thermal cameras are based off um, detection, recognition, and then identification. And a thermal camera is able to detect at one and a half pixels. Um, okay. It's able to recognize at, I think, five pixels okay. and uh, identify at, seven to ten if i'm not mistaken so um so you can actually that's compared to regular cameras is that a lot better well yeah i mean yeah regular cameras you um you know our resolution at this point that Mm -hmm. we're considering a standard entry into cctv Mm -hmm. uh, we started four megapixel here at corson but a few years ago i think um they were using 720 as the entry level. Mm-hmm. Right now, the entry level is, is 1080p, basically. So okay. you're not going to buy a camera less than 1080p if you're coming into uh, surveillance. Okay. Yeah, so you're talking about visible light camera in the megapixel range where a thermal camera is in the, what we would call like the VGA range, okay. 640 by 480. We, you know, they, it, it doesn't need as much resolution in order to, like I said, detect, recognize, and identify. So. Okay. Kind of, you know, you start talking about the 1080p and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, technology, sensor technology, how has that advanced? Uh, you know, I see 4K out there. And is that is that in security now or is that kind of more consumer TV? I mean. No, it's, it's definitely in security. Okay. I mean, they, they've had um, uh, 4K is roughly 8.3 megapixel. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had 10, 10 megapixel out for at least 10 years. It just hasn't, that hasn't gained in popularity, obviously. Okay. But, um, but 4K is readily available. The biggest problem with it, with actually having a 4K camera mm-hmm. was storage. Yep. I mean, that, that will require a lot of storage mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you know, say you wanted 30 days, or 60 days, 90 days of recording as a standard. Yeah. Uh, just imagine how how much storage you would actually need for that. That problem was, 
I don't think that's an issue anymore as of last year with the advent of H265. It's becoming a standard. So what is H2 fix, H265 is the, the newest compression standard. Okay. So they're able to compress, actually reduce the amount of storage needed up to 70% as compared to what it has been wow. in the past. So before storage was a big issue, but now I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore, which means that we probably will be seeing a lot more 4K cameras uh, requests, basically. Mm -hmm. So. And also the uh, the server cost, the uh, storage cost, right. uh, cost is seems to be coming down yeah. Yeah. Uh, quite significantly. Yeah, most and everything you you know, and flash cards and yeah. you know everything that consumers buy, hard drives. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So going forward, um, like I say, right now people are coming in at like ten eighty as a standard. Mm -hmm. I think four megapixel will be a standard, and and then of course four K will be more widely seen at that mm -hmm. point. I don't know. Where's it going? <laughs> Where's it going? I mean, uh, you know, I I, I I could still think back to I don't know maybe well, I don't know maybe six, ten years ago. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, whenever the whenever the 4K TVs were first mm -hmm. introduced, and I remember Panasonic having an, an 8K, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, well, are we 4K? Are we 8K? It it's almost seeming like the resolution, I guess, like demand is kind of slowed down. I guess mm -hmm. you can say. I, I'm thinking we're probably going to find a happy medium between the four, the 8K range. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh you. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's like, uh, you know, how much detail do we need? Yeah. And is, is yeah. it, yeah, does it get to, is there other technology? You know, we started talking about the, uh, the analytics and stuff like that. Uh, is that probably going to be more of a bigger thing? Yeah, I, I, I think going forward, we're going to see more cloud connected when I'm re referring to recording. Mm-hmm. They were going back and forth on whether or not we wanted to say record to the cloud or just do a cloud connected, you know, local on site device and then have that connected to the, mm -hmm. to the, to the World Wide Web. But um, I, I'm thinking going forward, it's looking like the cloud connected device or form of, or, or form of storage is, is going to win out. I don't really see this like. Kind of like I previously said, I don't really see the increased need or demand for for higher resolutions. I could be wrong, yeah. but you know. I mean, you still see on the nightly news the, uh, you know, someone robbed a bank or a convenience store, and then the image is still, you know, it's hard to. See. Yeah, that that drives me crazy. Is, is that <laughs> what is that? is that old camera technology? Yeah, or? yeah, that that would that would probably be a good example of that company having a uh, an analog camera still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're still out there. And like you were saying, I mean, people were holding on. It's probably possibly trying to wait to see how the IP uh, camera situation kind of settled. But IP's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. Yeah. And and it's it's affordable. I mean, there's no reason not to make an, an investment mm -hmm. in security in that area. So. I wanted to talk about the kind of smart the analytics and stuff like that. And we touched a little bit on that. Uh, there's, you basically can take your camera and your, whatever your camera is shooting at and create a, like 
almost perimeters, lines, you know, like you could draw a line if it was looking down an aisle and say when somebody crosses this or when something comes in. Um, how common is that? Is it kind of emerging now? Is it becoming more popular? No, it's, it's becoming more and more common. Yeah. I mean, we, we have plenty of applications that are ongoing now where we're actually setting up line crossing zone or perimeter detection, mm -hmm. as I described earlier as well. So that's actually becoming more and more common. That's that's not, uh, I guess you can say, more like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. um, so that is usually at the forefront of, forefront of uh, people's minds now um, as far as detection and integrating that with security. Uh, we had a, um, went on a recent uh, site walk where they wanted, this was a thermal camera application, but mm -hmm. we would have set up a, a zone or perimeter, if if anyone entered or anything entered that perimeter, then the alarm immediately be uh, triggered. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. Okay. Uh, what about like facial technology? Facial technology, it's um, I I I would say that's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I I would say research and development in that it's come a very long way. Mm -hmm. uh, I've even seen some applications where they are integrating that with access control, mm -hmm. turnstile specifically. Yep. I think there's still some kinks and quirks that they need to work out. Have not seen that as widely requested. Yep. So to me right now, that seems more niche. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, we've kind of seen it emerge first with cell phones mm -hmm. and kind of we've read on the news the problems with that where people could literally take a, a photo of a person and yep. you know have it recognized as the person and yeah there's yeah there's seems to be hopefully you know maybe the cell phone companies or cell phone manufacturers will advance that technology and it'll eventually make its way into you know yeah. the cameras and stuff like that yeah i mean it's um maybe uh, more so like to your point maybe in an application like an airport I just, you know, just being able to look behind the scenes, I, I still think they're working some things out, you know, before that's actually fully perfected, to mm -hmm. say, so. The other one, uh, other kind of, I guess, newer technology or that's out there that people might not know is license plate readers. Uh, well, I don't know if it's newer, but it's 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 out there, and it's, that's kind of a... Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yep, uh, LPR or license plate technology. It, it it has been around for a little while. They, um, I, I guess, there's no real standard across manufacturer. Mm -hmm. um, each manufacturer has its own way of actually, um, you know, detecting or uh, determining how to uh, configure a camera mm -hmm. to actually detect license plate. I know that um, some have tried to. You know, use a mat or, or, or block out all visible light and then using, you know, integrated IR illuminator and project out. Mm -hmm. And of course, since the plate is reflective, it's able to hone in on that. Okay. So, um, but um, I have set some of those up in, in a few applications. They, they actually work pretty well. I mean, they are pretty consistent. Yeah. They, they have to be spec properly, though. Yeah. You, you can't just, um, just expect to just buy one and and deployed anywhere. You have to, there's certain parameters that have to be met. Mm -hmm. So it's always best to do a site survey or even thinking about deploying something like that. How are those typically used? Uh, is it, well, they, is it to recognize if delivery trucks are coming on and they are recognized? 
with it. Fleet truck, or I don't know. What I mean. for, for that, logging purposes, um, mm-hmm. to see what time a, a vehicle enters and leaves. Okay. You can also set up rules. Mm-hmm. So if a certain vehicle shouldn't be in the property, it okay. can automatically, you know, alert a guard and flag that vehicle. So, so obviously not allowing that person to gain entry. So things like that. Kind of one of the last questions, and I think this revolves around kind of the low light technology. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of names out there, and I'm thinking they're trademarks. There's a Dark Fighter, Light Finder, Starlight. Is that pretty much just different manufacturers, uh, low light camera technology, or what yeah, is basically, it? basically. Yeah. And you know, we, we we touched on a little bit earlier. You know, one thing I didn't mention about your earlier question about IR. Mm-hmm. We were referring to the invisible light not being able to be perceptive by the human eye. Mm-hmm. I, IR obviously in a, in a camera can also refer to an integrated sensor array uh, of IR emitters that are actually projecting light we still can't see mm-hmm. into an area or into an object. Okay. Um, so going back to your question about the, the dark fighter mm-hmm. and the light fighter and the starlight, yeah. um, those would be just each respective manufacturer in their attempt to, to my earlier point, mm-hmm. use any of that available light off of that IR spectrum and actually enhance the image to a certain level once darkness hits to still display in color. So, because like I said before, if you just had just a camera that didn't have this low light technology, Mm -hmm. it would have more than likely integrated IR sensors that were projecting out. And in the course of night, you'd be seeing a black and white or grayscale image. These cameras, that same image, you would obviously, you would actually be able to see in pretty good detail in color after it hit a certain light level without the need of infrared emitters at that point, so. Okay. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to ask you is, we hit on it a little bit, in 10 years, where do you see security cameras? So, so when, we, when we look down the, the crystal ball here, so. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of advancements, it seems, in the past 10 years. Yeah, I, definitely a lot. I guess to to my earlier point, I, I'm thinking we're we're going to settle in the um, we're going to settle on resolution at some point because mm-hmm. I mean how much do we actually need? Cloud connected will be big, mm-hmm. cloud connected recording, and then um, analytics will almost be a standard. You know, it, it'll almost be a foregone conclusion that when you're selling a or a camera system, analytics will be involved at some point. And then maybe we'll see. We'll see how the facial recognition, you know, much better that, that gets over time as well. So. Yeah, maybe the x-ray technology or something. You, you want x-rays after you do? <laughs> so you... I mean, I, you know, it's like, I'm almost, you know, it's like you watch uh, one of the Schwarzenegger movies or one of uh-huh. the future movies where they're walking through the airport and you can see oh. if they have guns or... The metal, you know, it's like, you know, it's how far are we away from that type of stuff, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You may be on to something there. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, thanks for uh, joining me today and talking about security games. You're welcome, sir.
All right, uh, if you have more questions about security cameras or security systems, uh, you can contact your local Corson Fire and Security Branch or contact us online at Corson.com. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Bye. If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and rate us on iTunes. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, and other popular podcast players. Search for Corson Fire and Security Chat to find it. Thanks once again for listening, and I will see you next week for our next episode of the Corson Fire and Security Chat podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is believed to be reliable, but Corson Fire and Security assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. It does not constitute professional advice. The listener of this podcast is responsible for verifying the information's accuracy from all available sources, including the product manufacturer. The authority of having jurisdiction should be contacted for code interpretations.